When I say slavery, you say sorry. Slavery. Sorry. Thanks, guys. Happy Black History Month. You're at the square table. <laughs> I was doing oh the African child dance, bro. What are you doing? <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Square Table. I'm your boy Darren Deshay. I'm here with my 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 normal bandit co-host, D Maw, and the one and only, the ever so talented, Jay Book. What's good, everybody? So glad to be back for another episode of the motherfucking Square Table. You don't gotta beat me out today. Nah, 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 because 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 you're sober. Yes, but this is the first time that I've appeared on y'all's show sober. But you know, I got a bottle of Jack Daniels here with me, so it might be a different scenario by the end of the episode. <laughs> I wish you guys could see Demo right now. He's he's having a doing by spiritual he's catching dance, the, the African Holy Ghost. Like he he is capturing it. He got the. The whole African get up with the colors and Damn, everything. And he's real. Damn, you already know what time it is. Call me Black like, Panther. He's real. I am Killmonger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was going to go more Mufasa. One but, Nation, I mean, okay. one Look at this beard. It's on fleek, fam. Ooh. Yeah, it's really nice. It, it, it's a really nice beard. That's why I wanted you to go like full-fledged main Mufasa Call me levels. Dr. Umar Mullen. Who? <laughs> Yo, King, he is sitting oh, over there Harambe. Looking like a fake oh, ass Umar. Not, not Harambe. No. no. Oh, First shit. of his oh. name. Oh my god. No. I think, I think he took your place this, this week, Jay Bug. I think he may goes. have. He, he definitely may have taken my place this week because he's real savage right Man, now. I'm turned. Up Not right to say now. that a, 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 a white three-year-old child falling into a cage at a zoo with a you know a great ape named Harambe is anything. <laughs> you know. Bruh. Not to say that I was gonna cause a political uprising bruh, about listen, why they had I'm, to put listen, that big look, motherfucker look, look, down. I went, I went looking for this, bro. I'm, I'm Black Panthered out right now. I went and looked for the Black Panther Word. figure to be lit this week. That's real. So y'all going to see Black Panther? Bro, yeah, I bought tickets I, to see it so, three times. I'm seeing it Thursday, Friday, that's real. and Tuesday. Speaking of Black Panther, you know, over at Unedited, I actually tune into you guys over at the Square Table, and y'all got a, a promo going right now for yeah. if you if you have an outfit that you're going to be wearing that they should be taking pictures and sending that stuff in so they can get two free tickets. Yeah. To go see Black Panther. I can tell you, if I could have won those tickets instead of having to spend $130 on a date that she didn't even grab me by the dick on, you know? <laughs> you know hey, what? I would have been it's in there. You didn't like, take to go see Black Panther. That's your problem. I mean, I know, but you know, I, w- I was like a week early, but hey, well, we sent it'll you be to the on um, Cody pretty lit. soon. <laughs> oh man, somebody's gonna catch that. <laughs> <laughs> Fire stick, who? <laughs> Jailbroken, uh, what? Hey, yo, y'all already know. I'm snitching. I'm snitching. CD, DVD? No, for real. I'm, I'm, I'm turned hey, on my first it, and I will report every. Every upload I'm, of that I'm movie. I'm turning y'all in for violation of piracy. Uh, I'm not saying that I, that any of those things occur where I live at, but I'm gonna put a <laughs> I'm turning anybody that bootlegs Black Panther. Same here, and y'all know on Rotten Tomatoes, Black Panther is like the second highest rated movie. Hundred percent. Then they got. Oh, uh, it's ninety nine percent. Ninety nine percent. You know what the number one best rated movie of all time on Rotten Isn't Tomatoes is? Titanic. No, Paddington. <laughs> that's the that's the um the animated movie with the little bear mouth. with like the raincoat. Like I'm so serious. They were talking about it on the news this morning. Paddington. I was like Paddington. Like that's interesting. Yeah, but you know, white people love animals. They love animals more than they Paddington love people. So. <laughs> you killing my vibe right now. I'm trying to be all pro black right now. You you little black boy can be poor and hungry, but this pup here, absolutely not. <laughs> Get the SPCA in here now. <laughs> what do you mean they're displaced dogs over there? 
go. Like, Yo. But, uh, a oh, homeless man. person, we have to end hunger in America. No, we need to, we need to, you know, go to Africa and get, you know, yeah. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta save the silverbacks and teach them sign language. Amen. So, hey, uh, last week, not last week, but last episode was our, our one-year anniversary. Happy one-year um, anniversary. Yeah, man, one year of, of podding for um, podcast. I'm six weeks in and ready to give up, so kudos. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, kudos to y'all. The struggle, is, the struggle is real, man. The struggle is real. But we had Jay Lee come back last week for an episode. I want to just let you know the, the amount of... You know, logistics that went into getting Jay Lee on was was, was pain to ask, but we made it work. Hey, I gotta um ask y'all some questions about that because I have an international um guest as well about to be on, and I haven't fully um figured out the the backgrounds on that. But you know, I'll make it work. We'll, we'll definitely talk it out. We'll definitely talk it out. But thank you to everybody who tuned in and and, and fucked with us for our uh, one year anniversary episode. Um, this week though. As we break into the month of February, you already know what we're talking about. You already know. Even you though already we, know. We, we kind of broke into it, you know, like two weeks ago. But I'm going to let you have that. I'm, I'm saying, <laughs> we, you know, we did. You know, but like this is the first, this is the first episode of February. Is this the first? I don't know. Second episode of February? No. First episode of February. I'm not sure. For us. I think uh, it's the first. You know what I mean? So breaking into, you know, the month of almost. Yeah. Right? the shortest month of the year but the dopest month of the year hell yeah my black is 365 but it goes into half fucking gear from february 1st to february 29th on the leap year what's on up? a leap year it is black history <laughs> month yeah my man shouted out the leap year uh, i put february my rock you know I what's funny is I, I, I almost was like yo bro it's not 29 days in february but then he was like on a leap year and i was like oh mm-hmm. yeah 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 the Think about year. it. Yeah, right, right, right. And you and, know, and I use this time you know to get I, ready know, for Confederate for History Month. Who was born on February 29th on the leap year, which means they birthday only come every four years. <laughs> I mean, does that like, mean like you're younger than you're supposed to be? Like, or do they just? No, you still old as shit. It's just you don't only get you only get to celebrate your birthday right. actually, like on the birthday every four years. years. I mean, I don't feel well, like my birthday year, is right? on a Friday this year, so I'm getting fucked up. Oh. Indeed. But um, as we as we uh, as we celebrate this month of, of Black excellence, Black uh, extraordinaire, um, Jay Book, I, break us down. What we what we going what we going to talk about today? Specifically? Oh man, specifically, there's so many things. Since it's Black History Month, why not talk about Black history? It just depends on how we want to talk about these things. We want to talk about. Um, old school black history do we want to talk about new school that black history do we want to talk about the black community do we want to talk about hbcus specific events and black um movement like like we can talk about black panther whatever y'all want to talk about i'm telling you i'm here for it man real shit um over at unedited um, hopefully y'all will go over and listen to the show. We are a hundred percent Black History down this month. Um, we got a lot of online content, and we have a Black History episode. Hopefully, taking shape soon. I'm not gonna make any promises, but hey. <laughs> but whatever y'all want to talk about, I'm with the shit. I'm ready to give America the Kool Aid. The Kool-Aid. The Kool-Aid, man. I'm ready. I'm ready to get them the Kool-Aid. Well, you know, in the black community, red drink. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> great drink. Red drink. I'm going to give them a great drink. I'm going to give them a red drink. drink. I, I, I'm going to give it all to them all at once. Man. I'm going to, oh, yeah, that shit. I'm coming through a wall. Yeah, real shit. Uh, I, I, think, I think what I want to talk about uh, more specifically is... Uh, Black history as it relates to uh, Black culture today. Ooh, right? um, that's always you see, you see a, you see interesting. A, a big resurgence um, and people um, getting in tune with Black culture, um, and not necessarily just Black American culture, but African culture, mm-hmm. um, especially with the you know the popular film Black Panther coming out. Um, that's gonna be real. Just you know a lot of other things going on in, in this this country and. Communities across the, the country. Uh, 
you see a lot of people who are, you know, really tapping into their their cultural roots, man. Um, yeah. That's real. What about you, Mullen? What, what side of the black spectrum would you like to discuss, sir? Damn, I feel like... I feel like as black people, I think kind of what Shay Shay was saying, like how does what happens in history really affect us today? Because I think a lot of people discredit a lot of things that have happened to us over the years um, and just as a society. And they just like, oh man, that was a long time ago. Why are you bringing up old stuff? And I really feel like it, it, it doesn't resonate with us anymore. Um, mm-hmm. it, and and, I, really and I see a lot of people try to us. get away from stuff. And I think that, yeah, now with Black Panther coming out and... Um, the whole Black Lives Matter movement has really kind of pushed people to try to be more pro-black, but at the same token, I mean, there's still a huge population out there that's just like, I mean, it ain't that big of a deal. Y'all still beating a dead horse, and we need to get over it. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that's an important thing to kind of discuss and see, you know, I wonder even where us and our listeners kind of fall on that, because I think that as people who went to HBCUs, I think that maybe we... A lot of times people think that you're more pro-black than you actually are, but, I mean, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, America. Hey, man. Just I, because you I go sit, to an I HBCU does not make you pro-black. And they just... They say things, and you're just like, bro, I don't know why you're even here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I just don't... That's hilarious, man. I don't think that you really get that where you're at right now. hilarious. But, you know, isn't it? I mean, like, like, well, if we did take black culture and we did discuss black culture, obviously, just like any culture in the world, um, with time, things do shift and things do change. And the way something was in 1968 is not going to be the same in 2018. And I would hate for it to be that way if it, you know, in general. So, with that said, if you take culture or black culture over the course of the past 50 years, the past 100 years, 150 years, all the way back into when the first slaves came over here in America in the late 1600s, like, where are we going with it? Or where are we at? Because um, right now I'm working on the story in regards to minstrel shows. So, with rappers essentially be the new minstrel acts minstrel shows are the most popular form of entertainment in america for almost 60 years i I was gonna say Um, could you explain that a little bit more because you know that we got we we might be a little woke here over at the square table but you you know what i'm saying you gotta keep our listeners um, because somebody right now is like (laughs) the what (laughs) yes all right so a minstrel show um, it's blackface. <laughs> Back in the day, what people used to do with white actors and actresses, most likely it was an actor because they weren't letting women do things then. They would burn um, the cork of a bottle and they'd use that burn tip of that corked bottle to paint their faces black. And then they would add whatever they had on hand to make their lips red and enlarged to insult black people, essentially. Um, black people were banned all the way until I want to say the 1840s for even from performing minstrel shows. Um, you had big minstrel names like Massa Juba. You had Uncle Tom's. You had Jim Crow. You had Manny. You had all of those different people, and those are all examples of Char- black characters. <laughs> black characters. Um, typically, oh, excuse me, you had Buckwheat, <laughs> Buckwheat. you had the Jigga, oh, you had the Jigaboos, you had all of these different types, and the Jigaboo is actually, um, more present and prominent in culture now, as long as, you know, you got Uncle Ben, um, the rice guy, <laughs> then you also have Aunt Jemima, um, <laughs> the the syrup person. Say so it these say depictions it so. of black I love folks, me some Aunt Jemima, uh, <laughs> These things are still ingrained in our culture. And if you're not really familiar with a jigaboo, a jigaboo is a racial slur at black people. Um, but that one is that that typical stereotype that they try to put black people in nowadays. You know, with the nappy hair and the big lips, and I want some fried chicken and watermelon. That's what that jigaboo is. So, are rappers those that that new look on people or not? 
You see people like Lil Wayne and Young Thug and um, what uh, Chief Keef. Um, what are some of those other young guys that are out right now I doing mean, it? Lil Yachty. You know, Lil Yachty. 21 Savage. All of that. Are they the same depiction? Like, can hip-hop culture be um, tied into menstrual culture? Because it is the dominant um, entertainment for America right now. It is a it is dominant. Yeah, but I don't think that they're, they're, it's done in the same light. I don't think it's done to, like, make fun of black culture or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I ain't saying that it's done to make fun of black yeah. culture. Yeah, I don't think it's so... done to make fun of, but it's it's a form of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Not and... just for not just for uh, black culture, because of course we consume it. We I mean we create it and we consume it, mm-hmm. but uh, it's also consumed uh, in great amounts by by white culture as well. Mm-hmm. Do y'all know they were still doing menstrual shows in the USA all the way until the 1960s? Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> That's shameful. <laughs> but it doesn't surprise me either. But when I look at, um, like, I embrace um, the minstrels. I don't care. I say it straight up. I embrace it because it's that black eye, no pun intended, <laughs> that we try to hide and stuff like that. Or if we don't want to talk about it or we don't want to talk about how when you every single day essentially or a couple of times a month you turn on the damn TV and you got some white kids at white schools putting blackface on and posting it on social media and then they're like but I don't see what's wrong with that it was just it was so long ago black people just need to get over it and you're like we what, need what, what was that voice book what's wrong can you, with what that? Can you do yeah yeah do that again oh, that, that was actually pretty pretty <laughs> 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 That was that was so, so it was pretty accurate. I was like, you dudes, <laughs> you, you dudes are so hilarious, man. Like, let's just talk about the radical topic that we were talking about just now. <laughs> That's my white um, man and <laughs> impression. <laughs> nah, but to 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 speak to with the, the claim that you're making, right? That that uh, hip hop now today is. Um, the new menstrual show. I don't know. I think there's a little bit of uh, truth in that, right? And you and uh, you look at the hip hop artists that get the most publicity, or the hip hop artists that are put up on this pedestal, mm-hmm. compared to those hip hop artists who aren't. Like I always looked at like uh, artists like Common and Lupe Fiasco, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when they were coming up with that, with you know. You know, Lupe bit off the Molly these days. Yeah, you know, they was they, they were they were spitting their, their that woke rap, right? That woke those woke, woke lyrics. Or I can't even find my words right now. Like they didn't get the same um push from the media and from uh the music industry as you get from uh today with a little yachty or you know twenty one savage or uh XXX Tentacion. Um, right? The, like, poor X, the new face of a minstrel to me is you gotta put your dreads on, you gotta have your face tattoos and you gotta have your double cup of lean and you gotta be spurting with your clothes hanging off of you and you know twenty one twenty one. But <laughs> I mean, hey, I mean, but look how look at how much. Uh, that's not even like black culture. That's pop oh, culture now. In right? your big that, gold chain. Yeah, that's that's pop culture now. Like it's not just consumed by mm-hmm. uh, African American kids coming up in the urban. Well, white uh, folks have always been but, the number one consumers of hip hop or exactly, of rap exactly. music, and vice versa. White people were the number one consumers. Of the menstrual acts of the day. Y'all know white folks found it insulting for a black person to get on stage and do menstrual. Black people even had to put that black makeup on before they can go on stage as not to insult. Black people had to put on blackface to perform for... To perform, white crowds. you know, <laughs> satire about a culture. Mm. <laughs> But no, I mean, I can, I, yeah, I can see that the argument, the argument that's made there that um, hip hop today, Master Juba, who is is one of the first 
um, black minstrel acts to get out there. So Master Juba was recorded in, I want to say, a Mark Twain book years and years and years and years ago. And he was the singing, shuckingest, javinest, best movingest African person I had ever seen in my life. And guess what? He made his living living through black exploitations and stuff like that. So how do y'all feel about black people who exploit the culture to get ahead or to, um, you know, they they exploit the the culture to get ahead or they play into those stereotypes that people have developed about us? That's uh, deep. There's a lot of there's a lot of people that do that. Yes, it is. And it's not just not just hip hop artists. Look at look at uh, shows like Love and Hip Hop. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, uh, Tyler don't Perry. get me. Oh my goodness. Look at look at look at Tyler Perry. I mean, it's a lot. Tyler of Tyler Perry would be considered a, a, a modern day blackface. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look. Medea like is a mammy character. It is. And I don't yes. know if a lot of people don't know Medea is a mammy character that. Oh no. We gonna go in here. We gonna fry this chicken up, and y'all gonna enjoy yourself. Go on in there. Oh, skit now. Like, like what? Yeah, like, man, I mean, look what? at this. Is a lot of, lot of. Uh, Sorry, black people who exploit the culture um, for for the dollar, right? It's, yes. it's all about. At the end of the day, it's all about the dollar. I mean, you look, you see that in uh, hip hop. You see it in movies. You see it in TV, mm-hmm. right? Um, it happens. It is what it is. But I think that I'll... I'll, I'll ask this question. This is for the both of you. At what, at what point... At how, how do we fault people like that for, for trying to make a living? I think... Right? Do, you, do, do you fault people? Like, like, do you fault these young rappers for taking go hate this me. this opportunity, right, to get this money and get out of the neighborhood that they... Yeah, I mean, we're coming from. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the... You know, that they have to exploit their culture for it. Or do you... These young ladies who are on these shows like Love and Hip Hop New York, right? Do you fault them for taking this opportunity to, to get on TV, act a fool for a little bit, get some money, and then, you know, go on and do other things? Like, can we fault them for that? So, my thing is, no. I've just, in the spirit of my dashiki, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta mm-hmm. spit the truth, right? Okay. Yes, mm-hmm. we absolutely we can. And the reason is because in a, in a perfect world, we shouldn't because it's just entertainment. But the reality is is that other people watch this and they don't see entertainment. They don't see you acting. They don't they see this as real and they think that that's who we are and how we act. And so I think as long as you continue to perpetuate these stereotypes and you give it, you know, some validity, people are going to continue to think this about our culture and our community and I think that that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And even though we do have some positive shows out there, you know what I'm saying, and some positive yeah. images out Black-ish there. Blackish is awesome. But they don't they're not getting the recognition or the attention that they deserve. And the reason is because... Because it's yeah. not entertaining. And that's yeah. my point. But we shouldn't... <laughs> we sh- And that's why I think in a perfect world where people will watch TV or watch images and think that that's isolated incidents or that's just how that individual acts or that's just how the individual is, then... No, I mean, do what you got to do. But because that's not how people are programmed, that's not how people are socialized, no. Because we continue to keep this stereotype that black people are angry, ignorant, stupid, that we are abusive, that we, you know what I'm saying, we don't treat um, each mm -hmm. other well, like we prefer to be with other cultures. When we make money, we... Black people like to, to see those things so they can feel like they're better than somebody. Like, I'm better than that trash I see on Love and Hip Hop. But yeah, they don't, rich, though. But People act never, just like them. do that. People see that on Love and Hip Hop and act just like them. And, em. and the you thing. also had something else that was very important, what you said. And, you know, people are consuming it. People are digesting it. People are developing a perception of a culture mm-hmm. and of everybody over what they see. Right. All of us You watch The Real Housewives of Atlanta and none of them bitches and, married. You know, <laughs> all, of, <laughs> all of us have been overseas. Yep. So imagine if you had a regular ass outfit on, but you decide you was going to put on two gold chains. Everybody thinks you're a rapper yep, now. they do. Or if you're not a rapper, just like if you're black mm-hmm. and you go to a predominantly white college and you're tall. They think you play oh, ball. You, you play sports. Yep. You play basketball. You do this right here the third. And they're like, no, I'm here on the academic scholarship, actually. Well, when I did my oh. porn exchange in Japan, everybody <laughs> thought that I was a celebrity because I was a black man there. 
Mm-hmm. When I was in rural, rural Germany, and they used to, they kept calling Kanye West. Kanye West. You had to change. Oh, Kanye. And I'm over there like, oh, you fucking cracker bitch. Yeah, I don't even look like Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my god, that's because that's what they see. That's what they ingest. When um, I'm not going to say anything. I may have been riding Lamborghinis on the autobahn with my head of Sadat um, in a Ferrari behind me and we might have pulled up in front of Eiffel Tower and hopped out <laughs> in all full-fledged decadence and you know people might have been staring but they were all white so, uh, and they thought that we were rappers because is. we might have had um, somebody just waiting there to take pictures of us so <laughs> when we hopped out uh, what you're oh, what, saying is is that you <laughs> were a part of the problem <laughs> I, I mean I, in that very moment I actually was a part of the problem okay yeah yeah but still it's like the fact that I don't think a lot of um, people understand the global impact of um what these the global impact that hip hop artists have yep. and not all of them are you know but they're selling a look yep. if once you get into a business or a, the business of entertainment you learn two things you learn that that person that the people ingest or the person that they see or they consume that's a character mm-hmm. that's not the real person 21 Savage might go home every night and take care of his family cook dinner and do all of those things but we can't but he's not gonna make a whole video of him being a wholesome loving uh, person cause niggas go just like when Gucci Man got out of jail they thought he was a clone cause he got his teeth fixed and lost weight they was like that can't be Gucci hey, Gucci Man is a like, clone that is not the same <laughs> that, was a clone. that is not the that is not the person that we have been enjoying. That is not the person who bought me the incredible act of Waka Flocka Flame. That is not the incredible person who bought me OJ the Juice Man. That that, that is not the dude who 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 put the Migos on. That that is not the Gucci I know. Yeah. That is not 1017. That is not Brick Squad. Mm-hmm. I mean, same thing with all of them. Yeah. Like. If Jeezy got out here and did a record, last time I checked, I was the man in the suburbs, making sure my kids had work in the suburbs, making sure my, my kids went to school in the suburbs. You're a rapper? Niggas would be like, what the fuck am I listening to? Well, and <laughs> Versus. I think that brings uh, it to my yeah. other point, is that just as much as we hold them responsible for, for making money off of these stereotypes, we're just as responsible for not supporting them when they do something positive. Blackish is a good show. We're just not Excellent watching it. Show. And I don't, I and I don't want to say man. that, you know, I don't want to generalize it because a it's lot of people funny. are watching it. But I think that when yes, stuff are. like that comes out, not enough of us get behind it. And that's why it falls by the wayside. If I agree. positive images were making stupid numbers, then that would be the only thing that was on TV. And just like um, Blackish is an excellent show, it's actually satirical in a fashion because of the things that they talk about and they deal with. But another great show that's received critical acclaim would, that would be like the polar opposite of Blackish is Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta. Oh, yeah. That show is awesome. Like the episode where every black person was driving the Charger <laughs> is still my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that was the joke, dog. He was on TV, and a dude said he was white. He was a thirty-year-old white man. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. It's like a month. I'm oh sorry. Oh my god! <laughs> they, 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 they nod their head at me, and I'm like, "No, I'm not your bro." <laughs> <laughs> like that. <laughs> I think, uh, I think the deficit right comes from what we kind of got into with the beginning of this episode uh, is education and understanding the, the historical context behind things, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think if people knew right, and were taught what a menstrual show was and what that uh, what significance that held, right, they could make a more informed decision of whether or not they're going to go out and behave this way or be this character that people want them to mm-hmm. be or that, you know, mm-hmm. um, labels and entertainment and she's wanted to be or if they want to do something different right like it, it goes back to, to education and and teaching p- 
people, young, young black boys and girls about their, their history, essentially, and what yep. these things meant <laughs> um, back in the day, and making it culturally relevant for them. Right. Yeah. Right? But a lot of, like, you know, a lot of young people, they don't want to hear about it because they find their history to be boring. Yeah. And you know that's right here in the third, and that's, that's right. where you gotta and draw then, that, that that connection to. And to, you, as an educator, you know I'm a former educator, but you know the 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 plight that you have to go through when, especially if you want to talk about more black issues, you want to talk about people outside of Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King, and if you're in the risky northern district, they might let you talk about Malcolm X. Oh, but yeah. you you know you know, <laughs> but you can't get into a person like Marcus Garvey or you can't get into a person like Huey P. Newton or Bobby Seale or Angela Davis you can't get into those people because that's way too controversial but those people serve a pivotal a pivotal role in black existence and where we are today in it do they have storied passes? Yes. You can't talk about in schools or you can't, especially in predominantly black areas, we can't talk to y'all about the, the theory on the talented 10th. Or we can't talk to you about the theory, um, the W.E.B. Du Bois debate versus the Booker T. Washington debate. We it have d- to teach it, you. It all, it all depends. It, it, it depends on where you're at. Um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and like if you're in a public school, right, where the, where the mm-hmm. curriculum is set for you, Right, then that's where you're at. And that, I just name dropped a lot of prolific black folks. Yeah, that's Look that's where up. you're at that disadvantage as an educator to be able to, you know, teach mm-hmm. kids about their history. But if you're, for example, my my setting Hold where up. I have complete and can I cut in on you real quick? Curriculum. Go ahead, Shirley Chisholm. Mm. First black woman to run for president. Yes. For, um, uh, why don't we know more about them? I can tell you, it's going to be a bunch of folks that don't even know who she is. Yes. They think that essentially Barack Obama was the first one to hit it. He got a home run. Eight years. Come on. Eight more years. No, 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 no. But she's a footnote in the history. Um. Yeah. W- 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 oh my goodness! I could go on for for hours. You, you literally could go on for hours. You could. Senator name, John. Oh, excuse me, jo- Congressman John Lewis. This man stood next to Martin, Martin Luther King do, when he delivered the "I Have a Dream" speech. This also. This is also the man who was on the bridge in Selma, Alabama. Marching across when the whites came in there and beat people on horseback, sprayed them with hoses, mace, beat them like beat. He was out there. This brother has been arrested on civil rights issues more than 100 times. But I can tell you, a lot of people would never be. And people wouldn't probably be able to tell me what you go, district. You go to African American John Lewis on the wall. <laughs> Like, you know, and then, and I'm going to take it there because we're kind of in political waters. When you have the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, saying insensitive things like, why do we want all of these people from these shithole nations? We need more people from Norway. We, we, we need them. But then it, that, that comes from a place of ignorance because a president of the United States should never say anything like that. Because let me tell you, because you specific, he, he specifically spoke of Haiti. If it was not for the Haitian Revolution, we would not have Louisiana and a whole bunch of other territories, now states. It was because of the Haitian Re- Revolution yep. that the Louisiana Purchase was made possible in the Louisiana Purchase doubled the size of the United States. But, you know, those shithole people down there in Haiti, nope, can't talk about those. <laughs> you know, when it comes to the African nations, um, now, I gotta be very clear with this, and a lot of folks don't know that. About, um, in, to America, through the transatlantic slave trade, only about 300,000 um, people captured from Africa were shipped to America. 
You know, in Haiti or in South America, you had outwards of 750,000. Over in the Caribbeans, it was 1.2 million, 2 million folks. So we were at the brunt end and we got the lowest amount of folks in America. But America was built on the back of um, traditional labor by slaves. And we missed that point, and a lot of people, they, they underscore um, what, is, what they were saying. If you go over to Africa, Africa, the demise of Africa was when the Spanish came over there, the Portuguese came over there, the European, um, well, not Dills or our Europeans, but when the British took over and all of those people, and they robbed that, that land of wealth, identity, and culture. But we, we don't talk about stuff like that. And we should talk about it. It's very important. I personally believe that the British government, everybody who participated in the transatlantic slave trade, so all the countries that participated in it, should pay for DNA tests for all of the black people in their countries. I don't want that's reparations right there. Yeah, I don't want 40 acres in a mule. I, why the fuck do I want a bitch? I live in the city. I don't want a mule. I don't want 40 acres. But if you can give me a DNA test that costs $75, $75 roughly, so I can track the cultural history of my people, and I'm not going to be able to fully track it, but I'll be able to see where my people came from. Am I from Ghana? Am I from Nigeria? Am I from Southern Africa? Am I from Northern Africa? Am I more... Well, like, um, most likely you're from West Africa, but... You know, where, where, where are my people... You get what I'm, But you get what I'm yeah. saying. So if they pay for that, I think that that's fair game. But, you know, we, we don't talk about certain issues, man, that we really, really should be talking about. And I think that a lot of young people, unless you have a, a, a pre-interest in black history, you never explore yeah. it. I don't think a lot, a lot of people don't really get that until they go to um, college. College, and more specifically, in uh, HBCU, black <laughs> college, university. Um, you get, you get, you got your African American courses at uh, predominantly white institutions, but <clears throat> you really don't get that that like deep dive into African American history until you get to college. Like there, growing up, I, there was no African American history class yeah. when I was in high school, and I, I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody that I've ever come across my age that has taken an African American history class in high school. In yeah. high school. Never. Mm-hmm. I've never, never heard of it, right? Um, and a lot of people don't, a lot of African-American kids don't get that experience until they go to college, and, right? And, and that's unacceptable because the black contribution, oh, excuse me, the, the, the cultural contribution of black per- people mm-hmm. to the world stage is unparalleled. Yeah, but you got to understand what comes with that. Once you start admitting that we've made major contributions to the world, then you have to start admitting a lot of other things. And that doesn't, yeah. that's, that's not conducive but you got, to... But that, that, that's that, that fun word when we talk about history. Yeah. When we talk about history, we're talking about his story. Yeah. So this is his story. Just like the Bible. When white people didn't agree with the Bible anymore, they changed it. Right. I mean, even <laughs> if you just contextually look at kind of different I'm things. I'm sorry it to all of the religious sense. folks that are listening. Yes, I, I said it. You heard it here first. Yeah. When white people didn't like the Bible anymore, they changed it. But I mean, even somebody's going to hate me from this. <laughs> but even the Jesus, I mean, you stole that from black culture. Um, and I'm, y'all going to hate me for saying that. But I mean, if you go look up Osiris and Heru and I mean, the, the exact story, everything that Jesus did, walking on water, and healing the sick, all that stuff is all the same things. That, that Osiris and Hades, it's, it's, it's the same story. You stole somebody else's God. Yeah. Who came first? I mean, we all acknowledge that, you know, people came from yeah, Africa, right? That story predates <laughs> the story of Christ by about 3,000 years. Even if you look yeah. at but some images I, of their gods, they, here nor there. we stole them. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, oh, Christianity, that yeah. has to be the thing. Jesus has to be the, but it's, and, and you know, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't be mad at you if you would at least have made somebody from Jerusalem, or, black. I mean, come on now. We, we, where do you think that place right, is? Right. 
but you made him this dull white, <laughs> it's pale white man, and oh, this is your savior. But so, and this is my thing. So, and I, I'm glad that y'all went into it. Y'all about to, I'm telling you, the, the daishiki's giving me strength right now. Okay, so y'all, <laughs> what really frustrates me about education, what frustrates me about black history and black people as a whole is is because one. The institutional racism keeps it so that we don't learn the truth because if if we start believing the things that are, are, you know, of value, you know what I'm saying? Like, if we start thinking that we came from these kings and queens, like, if we start thinking that, you know, we were Egyptian Mm -hmm. and we were able to make Mm -hmm. these huge advancements, we were able to create Pythagorean theorem, and it shouldn't even be called that, but we were mathematically and scientifically advanced way before our time. Right, it can, you know, in Egypt, they had college and that's how people learned to make the pyramids like if if you listen Mullen, were, if most you, people don't know the idea of inoculation came from, yeah, from black people yeah but if, but if you start if you that you give strength to a population that you're trying to oppress so you can't teach them that so what do you do for black history month you make a, a, a reenactment face of uh, Cleopatra. Oh, but it wasn't Cleopatra. Who the fuck was that woman supposed to be? No, it was Nefertiti. 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 And she looks like, dang, uh, Cape Upton. You know what I'm saying? No, not even Kate Upton. She looked like the fucking, what's the... Elizabeth uh, Taylor in the 1968 biofilm of Africa. uh, What's happening? The Kim Kardashian's mom and shit. What's that? What's her name? Uh, uh, Kate Kate Jenner? Not Kate Jenner. No, no, no. That is mom too now. That's Mr. Mom. mom. (laughs) No, she looked like Kate Jenner. No, that's No, what's that? Chris Jenner. That's the mom. Chris Jenner. But that, yeah, Chris Jenner. That's what oh, like sorry, Chris Jenner. I'm so, hey, I'm, I'm about to turn Uh-oh. this into something totally Uh-oh. different, but that's why I'm here I'm on this episode ready. today. Listen, Marvin Gaye just came across my television screen because I have Pandora playing in the background. You can't hear it because it's on mute. But did y'all read that Quincy Jones article? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Like, he said that Marlon Brando... He said that Marvin Gaye and Richard Pryor were fucking. And, like, why is this a footnote? He said they were fucking. And then what made it even better? Richard Pryor's wife came out and was like, yeah, we used to be having all types of sex. Whoa! Now let's go. <laughs> Happy Black History Month. He said that my boy Michael Jackson was out there. Yo, I'm so hey, look, sorry, y'all. I didn't have me a happens. few shots now, so I'm laughing. This is what like he said my boy Michael Jackson was stealing songs and refusing to pay niggas because he was greedy. This is what happened. I was like, no, not Mike. No, not Mike. He said, bro, we were in a session one time out in London. I was fucking working with the Beatles. I fucking hated the Beatles, but you know they were the Beatles. So let's make some music. And the nigga couldn't play the guitar. Say he was the worst nigga he had ever heard play the motherfucking guitar. And they told him to go off, have a little bit of lunch, go have a couple of drinks, take a nap, and come back. He said the bruh got back. He listened to the music. Like, yo, this is the best thing I, 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 I've ever heard. And Quincy Jones' savage ass was like, yeah, that's because you ain't playing. <laughs> yo, if y'all have not read that article, go and read that article, bruh. Quincy Jones was like the cunt of all cunts in that joint. And I don't know why the fuck we aren't talking about that more as a society, bruh. And he didn't care. Bruh said he was crushing Ivanka Trump. And this, why? Why the president didn't clap back yet? <laughs> but okay, back to the. Uh, I'm I'm so sorry, y'all. Back to the subject that we were at hand. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, oh, oh okay. I'm sorry. We, we're back. You jumped ahead on me, man. You jumped ahead on me. Oh my god. I don't even know how we go back to the serious conversation. Oh no, we can go back to the serious conversation because that's still a conversation that needs to be had. Again, like we were saying, when it comes to all of these different things and it comes to educating our people and it comes to letting our people know that listen, you are a powerful people. Don't believe what they are telling you because there's some some things in there that you should know. But just like when we talk about African culture and religion, for some reason Christianity is now the golden go-to for black folks. The original religion of black people was Islam. Yeah. They I don't get it why. was beat out of them. 
I don't know if y'all know, if you go to the coast of um, Africa, they had these things called seasoning castles. And seasoning castles, before you went into the transatlantic slave trade, that's when they were breaking your strong spirit. And there were still people who, who weren't broken. They were breaking your spirits. They were beating the religion out of you. They were beating the culture out of you. They were beating the song and dance out of you. And they were doing all of these things. So long before you got onto the boat, and if we talk about Mr. Ben Carson and you became an immigrant (laughs) with dreams of America prosperity, not to say that he said that or not, but he did. (laughs) They were beating the culture out of you. They beat it out of you to break your spirits. They were underfeeding you. You weren't getting exercise. You weren't doing the things. You talking your you talking your native tongue because they didn't understand it. Guess what? They beat that out of you too. Until you accepted it. And I think that People need to know those types of things. It's, it's a very serious game. People need to know who Alano Equinano was. He was the first black person in the late 1700s to write an official narrative of what it was to experience the transatlantic slave trade. He wrote it from when he was a small kid in Africa all the way into now. And then you have other people out there. You got your Frederick Douglasses. You got your Phyllis Wheatleys. You got your Harriet Tubmans. You got all of those different people. And those are stories that need to be tell, told. And then, oh my God, y'all, I could go on for hours and days. <laughs> so I guess the question is, how, like, did, like, how do we get that out there? Because we can't hold the response or the onus on parents or adults because, I mean, a lot of them don't know. So how do we get the information out there to the people? We got to let people know that, listen, it's cool to be black. It's cool to be culturally you. It is cool to be black. A lot of black folks run from blackness because I don't want to shop there because that's, you know, that's a black place. You know, they go, you know, they're going to be ghetto. You know, they're going to be some neighbors. I don't want to go to a HBCU because I have a better shot if I go to a white school. I don't want to live in a black neighborhood because I want the best because white people have the best stuff. If we break that slavery mindset, because that's all it is, we could change the world. Do y'all know that black people as a consumer in America, we spent $1.5 trillion last year. What if we took, fuck it, what if we took 33% of that and spent it in our community? Then there's no longer a conversation about the lack thereof in black communities as opposed to white um, communities when it comes to schooling. Then there's no disparity when you talk about a black business and a white business. Then there's a, you're you, you're eliminating these things because people see black excellence. They see black excellence in the same light that they saw. I don't know Black Wall Street, but when the black people got too far outside, they they out, 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 outside what was expected of them. The white people came in and burned and pillaged and dropped bombs on us. But black people get to see black excellence. And black excellence, I think, it still exists in our culture today, but it's absent because if we go back to the 1960s and we go back to the 50s as well during um, segregation, during segregation, black people had no choice but to be great. But in greatness, you had these great communities because you saw the teachers, you saw the doctors, you saw the lawyers, you saw the people who make your town go. And you also had the person who might have been a seamstress or the person who might have been a chef or the person who might have been a cleaner or a housekeeper. You saw all of these people living in harmony in one community. Now you don't get to see that because 
affluent black people think that I have to go be affluent in white culture because they accept me now. And that's not the truth. And if we had more kids who could see black leadership in their communities, the world would be a different place and we'd have a greater appreciation about how Yo, things roll. That, so that segues to my opinion. perfectly to what I wanted to ask you guys while, while the episode is winding down. So, okay. <laughs> a year ago, uh, there's a lot of things happening with, you know, police brutality and, um, you know, people getting off and stuff like that. And it's still happening now. But last year when we tried to do this Black History episode, I posed the question to then Josh and Darren. But I'll, I'll pose it to you guys today. When you talk about black leaders, um, another one, the two. You know, Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson. No, no, it's not. It's not even, wasn't even, wasn't even where I was going to. But no, so um, the two that usually come to mind are Malcolm X and uh, Martin Luther King. So what I want to ask you guys is a two-part mm-hmm. question. So my first part of the question is, who do you think um, would be effect? Whose ideology would be most effective now? Malcolm, Malcolm X or, or Martin Luther King? And then... The second would be, um, and who alive? Rainy, I'm gonna let you go first. Could we could 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 we get behind to execute that ideology? Um. So I'm <clears throat> Malcolm X. Why? Because Malcolm X had a uh, ideology of mm-hmm. black nationalism, right? As um, well as inclusiveness. Is it? He, he he had one of inclusiveness a little later on, um, towards his towards towards the end when of his life. When he went to um, Mecca, after he, he after his... he made his hot his pilgrimage to Mecca, right? Yes. He came back and he realized that um, African Americans and and uh, white Americans could work together to help African Americans achieve that level of equality and equity um, that they so deserved, right? Um, but he also believed in African Americans doing for themselves. African Americans being their the, uh, the their own boost in their economy in their neighborhood, right? Um, and then, out, out of anything else, he believed that if right someone infringed on your rights, right, you had every means, any means, to protect yourself, right? Which I I, I think is is definitely. Um, applicable today right so that, yep. that that message of black nationalism that the message of uplifting black people um uplifting the black woman uplifting the black man right um and then just doing for self is one that is mm-hmm. desperately needed um today and, and one that i would follow today um now as to who i think today could carry that out is not not, not yeah. i don't see anybody I don't see anybody that can carry that out. So I don't That's see anybody real. that, as a as an individual, that people could get behind. Which is not necessarily a bad thing. So you think. telling me that Barack Obama couldn't do it? I think I, I think believe Bar- it. Could Barack Obama do it? Yes. Would Barack Obama do it? No. No, that's not. That's not. Yeah, that's not. Could he do it? Yeah. You telling me that Al Sharpton couldn't do it? Al Sharpton's been trying to replace Al Sharpton too busy taking selfies. Oh no, Jesse Jackson couldn't do it. Is he still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. You know, his sons are coming over. He's still alive. But but yeah, man. No, there's nobody that I see that could like you know. There's nobody that I see that like is as an individual, right? That has that. that um, you telling me like a Cornell West? You trying to tell me Nas it? couldn't do it? No, you can't tell me that Nas couldn't the wake up tomorrow and be like, "Yo, we it? in the streets and we wouldn't go." No. Well, you telling not. me that Twenty One Savage <laughs> couldn't unite the people? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's some people like I don't know, man. Like you, Lil Yachty couldn't do it. To, to be a to be that to be that. That type of spokesperson for 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 a race, right? Yeah, we got that. Require no, no. It requires the it requires a great deal of sacrifice, right? Sharpton is you, he it sacrificed the perm. No. <laughs> no, it requires a great deal of sacrifice, both both um, uh, emotionally, physically, and economically, right? So anybody that has that that platform already, most mm-hmm. likely they have money, and what they will be doing. 
that the, the decision that they would have to make Listen, is do I want to sacrifice you the money that Philly, I have right, to, Huh? You from Philly, right? I am. I'm going to charge Will Smith with the task. Everybody <laughs> loves Will Smith. <laughs> yeah, man. But the moment Will you Smith come can out. Do it, man. The moment you come out, right? You lose a the, like they they lose some of that 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 base that that, that I money. Mean, that's it's, you it's know Stevie Wonder is a uh, speaking of Stevie. Fun fact for y'all: Stevie Wonder is a big um, part of why we actually do have Martin Luther King Day as a national holiday. A lot mm-hmm. of folks don't know that, but Stevie Wonder he is a pivotal part in that. So shout out to Stevie Wonder. But to your question, um, Mullen, um, I would fall more so like Rainy behind um, Martin, excuse me, not Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. Um, Martin Luther King, the tactics that he used, I appreciate them. I thought that they were pivotal. But I do think that it takes a little bit more um, aggression from another side to, to display a point. Um, Malcolm X gave a speech in the 1960s. It's called the um, house nigga or the field nigga. Which one are you? And well, it was called the house negro or the field negro, but okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which one are you? Because essentially what it says is that the house negro is living at his best slave life possible. And the field Negro ain't living his best slave life possible. So if something happened, the house Negro is like, Massa, let me tell you. But the field Negro is like, fuck you. So I think that's the approach that we... Truly, I think that is one of those strong approaches that that need to be... that needs to be taken. Because, yes, cultural equality cultural um, recognition is not a pretty subject. That simple. So, that's why I'm out on it. I think, I think, you know, you brought up one of Malcolm's speeches. I think the Battle of the Bullet um, brings it together. His speech, the Battle of the Bullet, brings it together Mm -hmm. um, perfectly. Right? Whether you're um, well-educated or whether you are, you know, somebody who is, is living in the slums. That just right? goes you, back to that 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 thing of W.E.B. Du Bois versus Booker T. Washington, Martin Luther King versus Malcolm X. Where do you fall? W.E.B. Du Bois said there's going to be ten percent of a culture who is going to achieve, but it's up to that ten percent to uplift the people who come behind the talented, them. The talented tenth. The talented We need to uplift. We need to say, listen, brother, there is another way out that is not just sharecropping. Booker T. Washington said, listen, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Y'all aren't slaves anymore, but if it takes you working in the field every single day for the rest of your life. Um, and it takes slow progress. We just we need to move at the pace of the oppressor. That's not cool. But a lot of folks don't know those types of things. Yes, Booker T. Washington did do some influential shit in the black community. But, hey, um, it goes back. Malcolm X, you know, Malcolm X was a lot more in your face by any means necessary. I would say that he was the Black Panther Party before the Black Panther Party became the Black well, Panther I mean, Party. Well, I mean, Huey P. Newton and, and Bobby Seale and all of them, uh-huh. they got, their, they got their, their ideology and their influence from Malcolm. Um, Malcolm. And a lot of people don't... Uh, see, we, we got to start winding down. A lot of people don't know the history of the Black Panther Party, and that should be involved in it because they were about self-defense. The only time that you should be attacking folks is if somebody's attacking you. They were about education. They were about uplifting yep, the community. They were about intelligence and making sure that if you're hungry, you have some food. If you got this, you know, that's what the Black Panther Party was about. But what is reported in mainstream media through their Kool-Aid is that this was a radical party who were American yeah. terrorists and that is not the case but you know that's, that's kind of how <laughs> back to hey, you man. <laughs> I hate it when we have these really serious conversations because I just start reflecting and I just you know I want I wish that we weren't where we are today you know 
because the fact that the, the knowledge is out there and the truth is out there and so many people still don't know it it bothers me you know um, mm-hmm. that's such an influential well, organization you, you know you make the you make the 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 argument, right? Uh, well, not to argue the sand. You can lead a horse to water, um, but you can't, can't make, make drink. drink. There's a lot of people that haven't even been led yeah. to the water yet, right? The, so you can give a man a fish. You know, there's so many people. And he'll eat for I mean, a Shay, day. Shay, you work in the school, so I feel like you know too. But there's so many black people that think that people in Africa live in huts. Yeah, but people don't think about that. Donald Trump is one of those people. Like. It, oh, we can go on. Yeah, we are we are at the episode cap though, so we really gotta wind down. Unless <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So, well, I think we'll, we'll end this one off. Um, I definitely I challenge all of your listen, all of our listeners, um, um, and then really even your friends. Like, if you are listening to this and you hear what I'm saying to you, tell your friends. Like, really go out there and search for something that you didn't know about black people, even if it's just one thing. One fact, one book, one article, one that just go get some information you didn't know already and, and just, you know, expand that knowledge base so that we can continue to, to gain that that knowledge. If there's something on the episode that we said that you don't you know, you think we lying or um, you just are more interested in. Let's yeah, spark the conversation. And then I'll, the I'll push, I'll push y'all it. a little further. Right. After you learn that that new uh, piece of information, yeah, teach it to go. somebody else. We go. I like mm-hmm. that. Teach it to somebody else and then push them to do the same thing. Push them to go learn something new and teach it to somebody else. And remember, mm-hmm. black excellence, black excellence starts with you. So it's all about what yeah, you're you guys, doing. we gotta, we gotta go before Book says something really tra- He always says something really profound before he says something ratchet. So it's time to go. So <laughs> I'm not gonna, actually, I'm not gonna say anything after that because black excellence does start That's with good. the person. Well, so. You can be do whatever you're doing on a regular basis, but it's all about you beating that drum and letting people know that my people is is the original people. My person or my people is the original. We are the original reflection of the creator. Understanding that, embracing it, and knowing that it's okay to be black. It's okay to enjoy watermelon. It is a very good fruit. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note We will It's okay to enjoy fried chicken too It's okay And lick your fingers I'm going to Popeye's After I leave here What's up On that note They got that five dollar fill up Five dollar box Five dollar box Later (laughs) It's okay White people like fried chicken too That's why they stole it And now they use like Olive oil to make yeah. <laughs> Happy Black History Month, everybody. Yo, thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of the Square Table 3.0. Make sure that you all are following us online on Instagram, on Twitter, and all other social media platforms so you can get the latest and the greatest when we're coming out with it. Make sure that y'all also follow our boy, our guest today, Jay Book from Jay Book Unedited. He's available on all of those other social media platforms that I discussed. And make sure that you understand at the end of this episode, Black Excellence start with you. Holla at us. And we still got those Black Panther tickets up for raffles, so send in your motherfucking pictures, bitches. See?